0: know, Tony Robbins is one of my fans, but, you know, even when he talks about the six human needs, you know, that people have the need for significance or connection or growth or contribution, variety for certainty, and we all have them in different degrees, but we all have them. Hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's looking at someone and recognizing that that's what that is.
1: And that's the voice of Lisa Hamilton. This is the Running Anthropologist podcast, episode number 53. Welcome, Super happy to have you with us in 2021, and I think you'll find that Lisa's words are especially relevant in this year. She offers a very different perspective on a method of conscious running that she's developed over the past few decades. It's been often imitated, never replicated, but you can see a lot of these ideas in running culture now becoming more and more prevalent that our thought patterns really define us. And kind of shape who we are holistically so it's really a method of holistic health looking at our habits and our routines and she offers a different perspective also she's a woman of color she's from saint croix the the caribbean I, u.s virgin island and she's from the competitive world of swimming. She came to the mainland to do that and moved into distance running as she found the joys in it and kind of connects to some of that cross-training perspective as well that I think a lot of us have taken advantage of as we become more adept at whatever our our favorite uh, endurance sport is. And all that stuff wrapped into her own story and how she came to be who she is and why she thinks conscious running or being conscious of ourselves while trying to do this endeavor of running is so important. So with that we'll share all about her work and how you can connect to her and um, and learn more about that that training to do conscious running and um, how it was developed. Let's get started. very warm welcome to The Running Anthropologist. I just really appreciate, um, you know, you being out there and all, all the work that you do, Lisa. Um, and The Conscious Runner, that's a, that's a cool name. Where, where did that, how did you come up with that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I had that domain name registered in uh, 2010. So I kind of had the idea for a long time. And, uh, you know, I'd really been doing a lot of uh, introspection and a lot of work on myself and wanting to become the person who I knew deep down that I could be. So the word uh, consciousness was kind of Just starting to hit the mainstream you know I was watching a lot of uh Oprah you know around that time or or shortly before that in in the years and uh you know she would have all of these guests on and I would hear the term over and over again and it was just something that really resonated with me and something that I wanted to make a part of my being and it was a way to kind of uh, also experience running itself so that's how that kind of came together
1: Great and where um when you so maybe i'll I'll just start by welcoming you to the running anthropologist we you know we we do we kind of explore running culture, and when I heard about the work that you're doing, kind of helping people to get in places to be able to continue running um and be more conscious of their running. Because uh, I I see the same thing that you describe on your website. I see a lot of people that love running and they're just kind of hammering out and trying to run races, but they get injured or they're you know they're not really enjoying it. They're just trying to get there, get that marathon or get that distance. And um, it sounds like you do you work with a lot of people like that.
0: Yes, yes. I mean you can almost say that it's a dual play on the word in the sense of being conscious, meaning training smart, but also being able to enjoy the run throughout every single pore of, of your body and to just accept you know what is going on and to not judge yourself for whatever the performance is you know so it's kind of a dual play on the word you know in the sense that there are many people who are out there and running unconsciously and not even knowing that they are and you know, just going out there lacing up their shoes and uh, hitting the roads trails and tracks but not being concerned with the pace that they're running or the mileage or whether or not they have a plan and that that is leading them to overuse, breakdown, injury, and, and things like pain.
1: Sure, yeah, and, and I wonder how you even begin to, like, w- when when you meet someone, how do you begin to recognize and tell them, you know, hey, the way that you're doing this isn't working, or do they already know that most of the time? Right,
0: right. I mean, so that's, that's a great question, and it's always there's the problem, and then there's a the problem behind the problem, hmm. right? Hmm. And people are at different places with their relationships to themselves and also their relationships to their running so some people are able to see the problem behind the problem and other people can only see the more surfacey problem you know so for example I might have someone that comes to me and they said that they've been dealing with pain they've been dealing with injury and it's been for 10 years and uh you know, they've done a number of things to try to break this cycle, but they've been unable to. And it's the same pattern of injuries that keep popping up over and over again. And they're extremely frustrated and they are at the wit's end with with what to do. You know, so if I look at a situation like that you know, and I said, well, OK, yes, I mean, you might be dealing with foot pain, knee pain. You might be dealing with back pain. These things have been popping up over and over again. And, and that's the problem. But the real problem is, is that you have a pattern you know, because it's been going on for 10 years and it keeps coming up over and over again. So let's address that pattern that keeps putting you physically in this situation. And uh, once we do that, then the situation can change. But until you change that pattern, and it's not just patterns in thinking, it's It's patterns in moving. You know, it's just everyone has strategies, you know, for their for their life. We all do, you know, how we make decisions, how we think about things, how we prioritize. And, you know, oftentimes that's what's holding runners back, that the issues just aren't always in the tissues, that a lot of the times it can be in the psychology and the way that they're thinking about things and the patterns they're repeating throughout their lives. And when you break those, you know, then you get a different outcome.
1: I like that the issues aren't just in the tissues and you know this well yourself because from all that I gather you've been very successful very you know a competitive runner for 25 years almost and uh, that's amazing I you know I only wish that you know all people would have that long of running career and be able to come to a place where they're able to enjoy running and stay injury free for those Distances. Can you tell me, I I guess, just a little bit about your journey in a nutshell? How how you got into running and why you chose this line of work?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And, and Mark, certainly feel free to jump in if I get a little bit too long-winded or off track. Not at all. like you said, a competitive runner for over twenty five years, and I uh, was originally a competitive swimmer. I did that for about fifteen years, hmm. and when I got to college, my roommate ran cross country i'd never heard of cross country for before i 'm from the Virgin islands, and uh, you know I grew up a swimmer i wasn't a part of the running scene at all and While I was waiting for swim season, I decided that uh, you know i would I would try this running thing along with her, and I showed up at my first practice and You know, I was wearing long pants I had on tennis shoes, like literal tennis shoes, because I also played tennis and the coach looks over at me and says, who are you? So (laughs) I I told him who I was. And I said, you know, I, I wanted to, to try running, you know, while I waited for swim season. And, um, you know, I basically knew, Mark, that from that first run that it would be something that I would be doing for for as long as I could. Because really? not yeah. only did I have the opportunity to, you know, to speak to other people around me, you know, whereas in swimming, you're just looking at that black line at the bottom of the pool hour after hour, <laughs> day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. You know, I mean, I, it was really a, a huge, huge part of my life. It was, it was what I did. So it was refreshing to be able to to actually be out there and have the camaraderie of others and to be able to to speak to them to see the scenery and um, you know so that's how it started that's how I started in in running and uh, it turned out that I had some uh, some natural talent there too which made me of course even love it more
1: yeah no and, and I think you're right we sometimes take that for granted that gosh we you know in this sport we get to go just about anywhere you know and be in nature uh, all the time if if we want to uh, and you know some of the some of your work that i've been reading your website and talking to people about what you do um, it it led you to want to help others obviously to just kind of to share that joy and help them to keep it as long as possible um what so i want to take a really quick step back to you were a competitive swimmer you you were a great swimmer and you're being recruited from all over but you chose to go from caribbean island for the first time leaving to pennsylvania of all places Um, can you tell us kind of what was going through your head and how that um, how that helped to shape you how you made the decision to do that.
0: They came down there and I applied to, to both uh, schools and I chose Widener because it was smaller and I got on the plane you know with nothing but uh, two suitcases and I cried the entire way up, you know never having been here before. And uh, when I look at the life that I've kind of built from that point of being on the plane, sometimes it, it, it amazes me. the amount of courage that it took. You know, for me, at 18 years old, to leave everything that I knew behind—you know, my my family, my culture, everything—and and to come to this, uh, you know, the mainland to to get an education, yeah, hmm. I just just amazed. Even when I look back at it,
1: so so you knew that you weren't, uh, even though you were probably more than qualified, you, w- you didn't want to be at an Ivy League, but. Pennsylvania sounded good
0: <laughs> that's it I didn't look at anything else I didn't look at programs I didn't look at student teacher ratios I didn't look at athletics I, all I knew Mark St. Croix is a very small island it's only 26 miles long Oh wow! And, okay. and it's only seven miles wide so I run more than the width of the island every single day and it's actually the largest of the three virgin islands and I just knew for me that I just needed to get off I just needed to get off the island, and it didn't matter where I went, you know, for the most part, you know, other than the, those that I mentioned, but um, I knew that I would be okay. I just needed to get off.
1: There was surely, um, coming from an island culture to Pennsylvania, there was surely a culture shock, I, I, would, I would guess.
0: Yes, I mean, it's it, very different you know, very different. So it's, it's almost like the whole, the beat, the beat of the mainland is different, if I can put it that way. And I would even say just Pennsylvania, because I know even with different states, you know, that they have a different rhythm to them in you know, like a different cadence. Like if you go to the New York or you go somewhere down south, you know, so they all differ amongst themselves, but even going from an island to, you know, to the mainland, that there's a difference. It feels in the beat.
1: Was there a running, there had to have been a running and swimming culture on your island?
0: You know, there was running, it was track and field, but I grew up a swimmer. I was a competitive swimmer. I swam five days a week, sometimes six days a week. You know, went to training camps in Florida, you know, sometimes for a couple weeks at a time. So it was a huge part of my life. And swimming actually afforded me the opportunity to be able to travel not only to the United States you know, as I was growing up in St. Croix, but also to Central and South America quite a bit hmm. because I belonged to the only swim team that was in the entire Virgin Islands, and it happened to be on St. Croix.
1: Huh. Now, that's very open of your parents to... Uh, so I, if you don't mind my asking, I mean, listeners cannot tell by listening, but you are a uh, black uh, American, and your parents are from uh, diverse cultural backgrounds. Can you tell a little bit about them and what... What it was like growing up with them?
0: Yeah, so it's interesting because my mom is actually from Maryland, from Salisbury, Maryland, and my dad is from Atlanta. And mm-hmm. it turned out that, uh, you know, they moved to St. Croix in the early 70s. My dad had gotten a job teaching there, he knew of the island for making about $4,000 a year and uh, that's where i was born and raised you know, so interestingly you know i'm really the only one in my family that was was born on saint Croix. they still continue to live there
1: oh okay mm-hmm. and they and there is uh i i know that there's uh a lot of being from an island there's a lot of opportunity to to when you want to travel you can go just about anywhere um was that growing up for you do you feel like that made a big impact on how you see the world just going to South America, going to the States, like in terms of your allegiance or where you felt like you belonged.
0: Yes, I mean, I was grateful for the opportunity through swimming to to travel and to be able to see all of these different cultures and to be exposed to all of that. I mean, that's really amazing. Hmm. And, uh, you know, something that I would certainly want for you know, for my son and uh, anyone who has the opportunity to to do that, because what it really comes down to is you realize people are all the same, you know, (laughs) is the bottom line for the most part. I mean, there's differences, but we want the same kinds of things for our life.
1: And those things that we grasp onto so tightly sometimes about our identity, um, maybe are, you know, they kind of slip through like sand as soon as you start examining them. Um, That's one of the, similar to you, I grew up, going to many different places and um, traveling with my mom, who was a successful um, coach. And Mm. when, you know, when you see that, I think you realize like, oh, you know, we're all kind of the same, different things make us tick, but, you know, you're not so much different than me. And that gives you a really different view of the world than a more parochial or more narrow view.
0: Yes, I agree. I mean, (laughs) because even you say you're an anthropologist and, I don't know, Tony Robbins is one of my fans, but You know, even when he talks about the six human needs, you know, that people have the need for significance or connection or growth or contribution, variety for certainty. And we all have them in different degrees, but we all have them. Hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's looking at someone and recognizing that that's what that is. (laughs)
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I connect to Tony Robbins a lot as well. Those human needs that are at the core and kind of seeing, oh yeah, that's, that's what that is. You know, like, yeah, this is not so odd.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> um, so what is the most common thing that I, I guess, what is, what's the theory or what's, what's the thing behind your work that gives it, um, uh, success? You know, like how are you able to help people the most?
0: yeah i mean okay so one thing is i would say is that that the reason i went into this work is because of my own story hmm. is that when i started running it wasn't a smooth ride huh. in fact i had injuries all through college my first injury was shin splints and then i had stress fractures and then i had knee pain i had four stress fractures each for the four years that i was in college wow. the injuries continued after college it was just one thing after another very frustrating and i uh, did a number of Injuries, and I never got the results that I hoped for and certainly not saying that there isn't value in the things that I did because they're absolutely is, you know, and many times even necessary, but they just simply weren't designed to help me enjoy running and movement for life, if that makes sense, Hmm. you know, that if I talk about, you know, the physical therapy or the chiropractor or the acupuncture, that that their goal isn't to get me to Boston, you know, or to help me to continue to move well when I'm 60, 70, 80 years old, that their goal is really to deal with the pain point at hand, you know, Hmm. so I never got the results I hoped for. And that was really the catalyst for me doing this work is first helping my myself and then passing it on to others because, you know, I know the kind of deepest, darkest corners of, of being in physical pain and not being able to do something that you love, but also the psychological and emotional ramifications of not being able to express yourself the way that you feel called to do.
1: Yeah. And, and I know that you have some training in that area. Um, it, it's really about movement and how you how you move more than how much from what I gather.
0: Oh Mark, you kind of blacked out there for a minute. So.
1: Oh, sorry. Uh, I, could you repeat that? Sure, sure. So I was just saying that um, a lot of your work. I know that you're trained in this area, and you focus on on movement and how people can improve their movement. But it's really more about those specific patterns and less about uh, how much you're moving. For example, could you explain that a little bit more?
0: Yeah. So like I was saying in the beginning, it's all about patterns and the patterns can be physical patterns, but they can also be patterns, you know, psychologically that, you know, sometimes, well, there is in fact a, uh, I'm going to say psychological component to pain you know mm. where we can literally think ourselves into sickness we can think ourselves into wellness you know so if you, you can make yourself depressed by what's going on in your mind and you can also influence your happiness by what is going on in your mind so with the conscious runner it's about really taking both of those things into consideration you know because what's going on in the mind affects the body what's going on in the body also affects the mind that the two things are just really really uh, in, inseparable and both of those those types of patterns need to be Address you know so for example if someone is, is coming and we're working with and you know they might come and they say okay well we have foot pain okay well you know let's let's just see how your your entire body is is working you know let's see if you have the sort of desired and preferred ranges of stability flexibility uh, strength and mobility beginning with your big toe you know all the way up to to your head we're going to take a look at that and and we're also going to take a look at, at your inside you know have you gone through a recent divorce, you know, are you, have you lost your job? You know, what's going on there that could possibly can be contributing uh, to this? And we address it that way. So every single person is going to come away with a a unique set of uh, suggestions to be able to break those patterns, you know, that could possibly be leading to to what their pain is.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's very unique for each person. I, I, I get that. Um, you you do however, sandy feaster i believe is how you pronounce her name um, is is a coach and your partner is also a certified personal trainer and so that you have that physical part of it kind of like that that expertise but then you're also looking at each individual and their their mental state and like you said their habits and what they're what they're recovering from if i understand that
0: Right. I mean, that's right. It's a really a holistic approach. You know, Mark is what it is. It's it's a mm. holistic approach to to really get them the outcome that they want in as short a time as possible. So Sandy is uh, someone that I actually coached a few years ago, several years ago, and uh, she came on board with me, I guess, about a couple of years ago as uh, you know, as far as. um i want to say delivering services in in this model Mm -hmm. and uh she's a certified personal trainer she's a runner triathlete and she is in her 60s and just really phenomenal at what she does and she'll do the live movement assessments for our clients you know but we also have a a team there are a couple other members that are not on the site you know so i recognize that i am a piece of it and where others can help uh, fill in the gaps then i do that so we also have a, a physical therapist that is a part of the team you know which all of our clients meet with as well you know throughout the course of the program and we also have a peak performance and success mindset coach you know who is specifically there to deal with the psychological emotional aspects of what could be keeping them from getting the result that they want
1: hmm. now I, I mean as taking a step back and looking at the larger picture there There are more and more runners, and people tend to be you know that set bigger goals tend to be a driven type of person, so they really don't um they don't take time like you said to to think about some of those conscious aspects, whether that be you know meditation practice or rest and um you know healing uh all these things I know are part of um your work i i I know that this is a change in running culture, and i I think it's a very good one. Um, we've talked a lot about body, mind, spirit and, um, you know, making holistic running as well as walking and running part of, uh, people's journeys. Uh, and it, I know that you also offer uh, anything anywhere from free training to just kind of assessment. Um, how often do people come to you and, and really need, I, I don't know, like how, how long does the process normally take? Until someone says, "You know what, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I've done a 360. I'm, I'm a different person. I approach running differently." And what is that like in your experience? Oh, hello. Like
0: how long it gets to them for them to be able to approach running differently? And you're saying someone that we're working with?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Right. So you know when they they come to work with us. They're really at the point, you know, where they are sick and tired of being sick and tired hmm. and are through with the gimmicks, the gadgets, the tricks, the tips, you know, the the stuff that is really surface level that has not been working for them. Hmm. You know, so they are ready for transformation. They are ready for change at that point. And that's you know, why they really come to us or they say, yes, you know, there's the recognition that they are repeating these patterns and they're not being helpful to their running. It's not helpful to their life and they're ready to break them and would like help with that.
1: So you obviously decided to stay on the mainland for many reasons. Um, What would you describe as your, um, your greatest, cultural, um, experience, uh, currently or recently, um, you know, that you think has been defining.
0: Like how, how exactly do you mean?
1: Um, so, so for example, um, in your city or places that you've traveled to where you think like, oh, wow, this is, this is really defining, or this is very unique, or I connect to this. Uh, it could be in the running world or it could be some other aspect of culture. (laughs)
0: you know i mean yeah a little bit challenging because i would say that my influences are across multiple cultures Hmm. you know so i take what I like you know if you will lack lack of a better word or what moves me, what resonates with me, what feels aligned for who it is that I am and who I want to become, and that's what I bring more of into my life
1: mm. and let go of the rest
0: and let go of the rest, and it can be from from anything it's interesting because during the the pandemic, I'll tell you my son was in the school, and you know they moved to virtual and virtual it just simply was not working for us on on many fronts on many fronts you know number 1 i'm i'm not meant to be you know, his teacher twenty four seven. You know, I don't mind doing it in the afternoon between four thirty and six thirty. And and sure I can be his teacher in other ways twenty four seven, but as far as educating him with math and science and, 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 and all of those those specific subjects, it it, it it wasn't working out. You know, it was changing the dynamic in a way that was not serving anyone. So I decided to move him to another school and the other school is a uh, Catholic school. It's a local school. I'm not Catholic, right? You know, but when we're filling out the form and it's asking, you know, what religion are you? Right. And, and that was actually a required field on the form. And I wasn't even sure that they would even accept us, you know, because it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, I, but but I'll, I'll become Catholic if that's what's necessary, because <laughs> this this isn't working, you know. So, you know, and, uh, you know, I literally typed in there that my religion was love, compassion, kindness, all religions.
1: And they accepted it that's a good thing.
0: Yes. Yes. He, he, he is, he is there. He is there now, you know? So I don't know if that answers your question, you know, but, you know, but it's all, it's all, it's really the umbrella culture or philosophy, you know, for me is love and anything that is, that is serving, serving that.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine any school uh, turning down that kind of an offer. Uh, and uh, I, I'm sure that your son, will, uh, that will rub off on him. If he's able to share that in any meaningful context, they, they will learn a lot from him too. So uh, I'm glad yeah. that.
0: <laughs> and I want him to learn it.
1: Yeah. So I... you
0: always have choice. You can take what you want, and, and you know there's many different beliefs that are out there, and the important thing is to know that.
1: Hmm.
0: And then you can make your own choice. So he's got religion classes, you know, when he goes there and he's learning prayers and he's doing the communion and all of that. And I'm perfectly OK with it. You know, these are the, the, the kind of doctrine and, and that this particular religion follows. Another one follows a different one is what I share with him. Hmm. And and these are my beliefs. But yeah. you get to choose for you
1: yourself. That, that's a very anthropological perspective to take as well. Just saying, hey, this this holds very, you know, holds a lot of meaning for these people, maybe maybe you could learn something from it or at least, you know, be open to hearing and learning about their traditions and, and see where it takes you. That's funny. My my um, school experience was very similar. Um, there was only one private school where I grew up is an industrial town in Saginaw, Michigan, uh, just north of Detroit. And my mom for whatever reason said in high school you're going to this high school she was she wasn't catholic but um that was uh that was where where we were and i, I certainly learned a lot from it um so speaking from experience I, I think that's a good choice if if nothing other than to save your sanity and, and give him <laughs> a little diversity of experience and and who knows he might uh he might glean something useful from it
0: <laughs> yes yes no i mean definitely will I mean, nothing, nothing bad can come from, you know, from that, from experience. And then you can make, make decisions and have more choice afterwards, you know? So that's what it's really about.
1: Yeah. Did he, did he pick (laughs) up your, I'm curious, did he pick up your love of running or swimming?
0: No, (laughs) no, he did not. Uh, We had him in a kid's healthy running series and uh, you know, he ended up quitting that. Yeah. So he enjoys running as long as there's a ball. (laughs) you know, that's involved. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but he did not, Yeah. so he like enjoys soccer. He does wrestling and, uh, you know, basketball was going to start him in kickboxing, you know, but things got shut down again, Mm -hmm. but a variety of things, because again, it's about, you know, finding what serves your soul and then making making choices and you don't always have to, you know, just stick with the same thing, you know, throughout your life. You can change it at any point when it's no longer working for you. Hmm. Yeah. Like my clients, this is no longer working for me. I'm ready to do something different. I feel like I'm just going around in circles and it's been 10 years and I'm watching to the window to all of my goals close and I'm getting older and I'm not able to reconnect to who I am. And my family doesn't recognize me anymore and I don't feel like I'm a model for my children and all I want to do is to get out there and be able to run.
1: All, all of these things mount up.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because it, it's not just about running. It's about it's about their life.
1: And this is 2020. So I'm sure you've had a lot of people come who maybe normally wouldn't take time to do so because they've had more time for introspection or maybe more time for running uh, in some cases. Uh, but it was just a very different year um, do you did you see anything different in 2020 be it positive or just something that came out of it um, towards people finding hope and reaching their reaching their potential
0: I mean as far as people I mean 2020 is interesting you know and for some it was really good and they were able to be more introspective and you know to work on those aspects of themselves that they may have not been able to you know to work at before you know, because time didn't allow you know for them to do it in the way that they might have wanted to you know and then there are others where it was it was different and it went the opposite you know direction is that they may have done more things that were more destructive you know to themselves and the, their health and themselves you know so as far as the people that that I saw come through there were you know several that had the time you know and and they did it, you know, and that was part of their their reason, you know. But ultimately, is that they were also ready for for change, and that they didn't want to live one more day without an expert's help, and one more day being in the pain that they had been struggling with for months. You know, most of the people that we work with have been dealing with this for years.
1: Yeah, and how about for you personally? I know that you're very involved in the running community what was this year like for you and you know, how did you stay motivated? What, what would you, what advice would you give others?
0: Yeah. So that's an interesting question. You know, so I don't know that I was, I was really motivated the whole 2020, you know, I qualified for Boston in uh, September of 2019. I'd never done Boston before. And, um, you know, I was running with a friend and, uh, You know, she was going to do Boston and she was telling me, Lisa, you know, you got to You got to do Boston. It's it's something you never forget. So, um, you know, after that long run, we decided to look up when the last day I could qualify by. And it turned out it was like three weeks later, three weeks from the point that we looked it up. And I figured I had done enough base training that I would be able to meet the qualification time, you know, for Boston. So three weeks later, I was I was on the starting line of a race and I ended up qualifying. You know for boston and i was training for it and then a few weeks before boston that was when i got the notification that it was was canceled mm-hmm. and i'm thinking my god you know <laughs> you know i'm the fittest that that i've ever been Yeah, you know, i've never done boston before and and now it's canceled you know what what am i gonna do with all of this fitness you know <laughs> so that's how it affected me on you know race wise so before it was canceled i think they they rescheduled it yes yeah, you know, so I kind of continued to run here and there, but then it ultimately got canceled. And then after that, I just decided, you know what, it's a good time for a break. You know, so when I make that kind of a decision, Mark, that, uh, you know, then I'm not very motivated to run. So hmm. I don't know if that, that answers your question, is that I don't have motivation all the time, hmm. you know, to get out the door, lace up the shoes and, and and to get the miles in. Most of the time I'm indifferent about it. Some of the time I really want to do it. You know, some of the time I really don't. I look Hmm. at it as, well, this is my goal and these are the things that are necessary to get there, you know, so I have a choice, you know, I can either put the shoes in, shoes on and do the work, you know, or, or not. Yeah. Yeah. Only one of them is going to get me to my goal. So Hmm. I have to ask myself, well, how important is this to you?
1: Hmm. Yeah. So without that goal, essentially, it's much harder to get in those miles. Uh, I, yeah, I can relate to that. Um... Yeah.
0: Without any, without any goal. I mean, and. And I mean, the goal can really just be to, to get out there and to, to feel good. It doesn't necessarily have to be a race. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of people will use races as their motivation, you know, mm-hmm. but I could have said, well, one day 2021 is going to come and, <laughs> you know, this this whole thing that's going on in the world is going to be over and I could use this time to prep for them. But for me, I tend to change my focus because mm-hmm. I have other interests besides running, you know. So instead of like getting excited and goalie oriented towards virtual races or even what I could do in, in 2021, it's like, well, you know, I, I want to, I want to work on something else here. <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I would love to have you share, you know, um, what those were, what kept you busy and engaged during this past year.
0: Right. So that's kind of the way that, that I look at it. So for one thing, you know, with the conscious runner and really perfecting, or, because I can't really get to perfect, you know, ever, but I use that meaning the process of becoming better at being able to deliver my message and being able to help more people. So I'm very passionate about what it is that I do. Hmm. And I love spending time, you know, on that.
1: Awesome. You know, and since you mentioned it, I know probably most people that will be listening are not in your immediate physical area. Do you, do you all work with people online somehow? Is there, do you have something set up to do that?
0: It's all online. Okay. I have clients all over the world.
1: Oh, that's I'm great. Clients in
0: Hawaii, clients in, in California, so it's all online.
1: Okay, and then they'll see, obviously, if it's a physical thing, they'll see a physical therapist separately, but the, the work that you specifically, your part of the, the work is, is more than capable of being done online.
0: It, even, even, even with the physical therapists we have on the back end, she's online.
1: Oh, is that right? It's all okay.
0: online. Everything is online.
1: Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, the, well, the
0: entire thing is online. You know, so it's a ten-week program that is specifically designed to help masters runners, so runners who are over age forty, to recondition their bodies so that they can overcome injuries that they've been dealing with for months or years, and gain consistency in their running, achieve their goals, and also stay injury free. Mark, so that they can enjoy running and movement for life. Because at the end of the day, it's not about the running. That's not what I'm helping people with. What I'm helping them with is reconnecting to themselves and reconnecting to their families, just being able to be who it is that they want to be in the world. And and that's why I'm able to do it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's incredible. I, I can relate. I've, I've had some injuries this past year. One, I was training for the Atlanta Marathon. Um, and I, I came out of it better because I was able to find some space there to, to do some of the things that you're describing. But I am also in the master's category, just barely. And I did yeah. uh, I found that out by winning a master's category in a local race. And I thought, I can't be in the master's category. But yeah. sure enough, I, I, I was. And uh, Well, that welcome. Was, that was a gratifying. Uh, yeah. It, it, as, as you know, sometimes as you get older at gets a little bit easier to win in those categories, especially in local races so um yeah it, it was uh it was a blessing in disguise for sure yes yes, <laughs> um well, I know that you have great things ahead, and I look forward to hearing more and more about um this type of thing happening in the running world. I think it's sorely needed uh no no pun intended. Um, and I, I wish you the best of luck in the future Boston race, which I'm, I'm sure you will run as soon as they, as soon as they have it. Um, can, can you share any last, um, hopes or dreams or words of wisdom, uh, for the general runner out there?
0: I mean, I would say that as far as hopes or dreams or or words of wisdom is that. At the end of the day, to to do things that that serve your soul.
1: Simple, yeah. Well, that's work... how you
0: know you're on the right track. It, it, it you know is when deep down it feels good, and deep down you know.
1: Words to live by. Well, th- thank you so much for your time, and I I will certainly post um, all the connections that I can so that people can find you and learn more about the type of work that you're doing. And um, I wish you all the best of luck, and I wish you happy running.
0: Yeah, thank you. You too.
1: Thanks, So I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Um... And thanks so much for joining us on the Running Anthropologist podcast. We're happy that you started off the new year, and we wish you a very safe new year with many safe returns. We're happy that you started off with us, and we wish you and yours happy running, of course. But in the meantime, we hope that you share Uh, as much light as you can, including this episode, if you know someone who might be able to use it, someone who's maybe struggling with that routine or injuries and just needs a little bit of a push, uh, maybe a method to reflect back on those habits that they have and search out for some better ones. I know that this idea of conscious running has been really important for me in my development and also helped me to think about what I really value in running, how I can get the most joy out of it. And for that, for me, a lot of it's been community. We want you to be a part of our community to share what inspires you. If you have some ideas or would like to hear someone featured on the podcast, we invite you to message us, Instagram or Facebook, or on our blog site, RunningAnthropologist.com. Till next episode, again, we wish you and yours happy running and a good start to 2021.